Welcome to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. I'm your host, Les Shapiro. And I'm your co-host, Vic Lombardi. Now, each episode, we'll bring inspiring interviews with great athletes, celebrities, and the most brilliant minds in medicine on how to beat adversity to win in life. So thanks for spending time with us as we bring you one step closer to becoming your best unstoppable self. Lesson Vic here for our six-month checkup, so to speak. Uh, when we started this podcast, We Are Unstoppable, about six months ago, um, we did it because Vic and I were going through some tough times. Vic was diagnosed with a severe case of prostate cancer, and I was diagnosed uh, a couple years ago with stage four lung cancer. And what we did was um, we took the idea of struggle and survival and pushing through and applied it to athletes and entertainers. And we thought everybody goes through stuff. So we'd get these athletes and entertainers to come on with us for the podcast and talk about their struggles and how they've come out on the other end, how they've been successful despite these obstacles and these hurdles um, they've gone through um, throughout their lives. So one of the uh, one of the more popular episodes, I guess, was when Vic and I talked about our own struggles um, because we're such good looking, entertaining people and uh, people wanted to hear what we had to say. So we figured we'd do a six month checkup. It's therapeutic, right? And not only uh, for each of us, but it sort of sets uh, the barometer moving forward because, you know, when you get into this line of work and we've been doing it for a long time, you longer than I, Les, but uh, you assume everything's hunky-dory, right? When you're conducting an interview with somebody, you're you're trying to be professional, but you, you forget what uh, battles perhaps that that person conducting the interview might be facing. And, and everybody's got them. Exactly right. So let's just be upfront and honest about it. Let's talk about the last few months. And I'll start by asking you the question, because you're stage four, I'm stage three. Just by virtue of those numbers, you're farther along than I am when it comes to this battle against cancer. Where have we gone the last six months with your case? Oh, boy. You got an hour? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm laughing about it now only because I couldn't laugh about it for about four or five months uh, in May of this year, May 2020. I was feeling great. I was feeling better than any 64-year-old should probably feel. I was working out every day. I'm hiking big mountains here in, in Arizona. Um, I'm eating well. I'm spinning on my off days when I'm not hiking. Uh, felt great mentally. Felt great physically. I even said to my wife one morning when I woke up, I said, you know, I don't think there are 30-year-olds that feel as good as I do. And here I am with this lung cancer. What the hell's going on? Well, I'll tell you what was going on. Uh, it didn't last long, the, the feel-good part of things. Um, I went for my four-month scan, and they found six or seven lymph nodes, uh, mainly in my chest and my neck area, that were popping up, new cancer. And the decision was made by my oncology team and myself to go through IV chemotherapy. Just start poisoning my body, hope to get rid of that new cancer. When you say new cancer... Yeah. This is a distant relative of the original cancer. It is. It's a relative of the same mutation. Okay. All right. But the chemotherapy pill that I had been on for the last two years that was working fantastically, the new cancer, the new mutation found its way around it, found a way to beat that chemotherapy pill. So we needed something else to get rid of that new cancer. Um, they decided on chemo, intravenous chemo. And they told me it, it probably won't be so bad because you've reacted so well to everything else we've thrown at you. 
well, I didn't react well to this. Uh, in my doctor's words, I wasn't compatible with the new chemo. Um, for four to five months, I had this cloud covering my head, not literally, of course, but but encompassing my, my head, it felt like. I felt like my, my head was enveloped by a cloud. I was very foggy. I was listless. I had no energy to the point where when I walked across the house, I had to hold on to walls and furniture to the point where when I would sit down to eat a meal, lunch, dinner, I could hardly hold my head up. I couldn't read a computer screen because I couldn't focus. I couldn't read a book because I couldn't focus. I spent most of my time laying in bed or sitting in a chair with my head hanging down. And I, sh I totally shut down. Uh, my wife and my, and my youngest son, who's living with us currently, I totally shut down with them. I, I didn't even want to speak to anybody. It was not good. Plus, I had a number of other side effects. I had mouth sores. I had a blister on my tongue that made it extremely hard to eat or talk. It was painful. A result of the chemo. Those are, those yes. are chemo results. Okay. Yes. My blood levels, red blood, white blood, and platelets were knocked down to the point where I contracted a fever and I had to be hospitalized for four days and I needed a platelet transfusion. Um, I had horrible intestinal problems to the point where, and excuse me for putting it this way, when I would sit on the toilet to do my thing, I was in so much pain that I was screaming while I was executing and it fatigued me to the point where I had to lay down for a half hour afterwards just to catch my breath. And I had three blood clots in my right leg that were causing incredible pain from my knee down to my toes. And I ended up in the emergency room for that as well. So it has not been a fun four to five months. Uh, went into my doctor at Anschutz and we decided no more chemo. And they put me on another chemotherapy pill. So I'm on two chemotherapy pills. Um, that's been for the last three, four weeks. I'm getting better and better. My energy's better. I'm back in the gym. I'm working out, not to the level I was before the chemo started, but back in the gym, working out, feeling better, thinking better, reading better. Um, and hopefully I'll get back soon to the point where I was before I started the chemo. So it has not been a fun ride for me um, for quite a while. How are you feeling? Well, forgive me for a second, because people have to understand, Les and I talk frequently, okay? But I've never had this uh, intricate a conversation about the things he went through. This is a first that you've exposed a lot of this. And the fact that you've been able to do just this podcast on a uh, bi-monthly basis is amazing to me, that you've uh, mustered the energy over the last four months to do this. Well, the truth is, it's one of those things, Vic, and, and you know, because you've been a performer all your life, as I have been. Um, when the red light goes on, you just you find that extra energy and you start acting. That's what I was doing during all of these podcasts, no matter who we were talking to. Dick Vitale, Mark Schlereth, George Carl, Sue Bird, uh, Amy Van Dyken. I, I was mustering up the energy to speak with these people for the 30 minutes that we did. And then afterwards, I was absolutely exhausted. I was blasted to the point where I couldn't do anything else for the rest of the day. I just laid down and... Did nothing. Wow. You know, you, you talk about the physical well-being and, and, you know, the mouth sores and, and, and the excruciating pain and, and all that that goes along with the chemo. But what's lost, and, and I think we need to talk about this, is the mental warfare that you're going through. Like, um, oh, yeah. you, shut, you shut down your family. You, 
And I think a lot of it, Les, you do such an outstanding job. I look towards you when it comes to this, but you, you, you really do a good job of keeping this to yourself. But I think you go to an extent where sometimes you keep it too much to yourself, man. You know, sometimes talking about it more openly might help you. I mean, I guarantee you at some many points during this fight over the last three months, you felt sorry for yourself, which is okay. Oh, believe me, there was plenty of weeping, wondering if I'd recover. Sure. Um, and, and, and to your point, and it's a great, great point, Vic, I had shame. I had a lot of shame. Shame in what? I thought I was stronger than this. Yeah. I thought I could get through it better. Uh, I I wanted to be a, a role model for my kids mm-hmm. um, and show them that I had the strength to get through. I didn't want to show weakness. Um, I, I just thought that I could be the exception. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't the exception. I'm still not the exception. I, I've got a good friend, and, and you know this, um, a good friend of mine named Steve Stone, mm-hmm. uh, former Cy Young Award winner in baseball, now the broadcaster for the Chicago White Sox. He lives here in Scottsdale half the season when it's not baseball season, and we go to lunch all the time. And he said to me a few months ago, before, uh, before the baseball season started, he said, you know, um, I had some physical problems when I was younger, uh, near the end of my baseball career. And I was very, very hard on myself because I wondered why this body that had given me this career, um, that had treated me so well throughout my major league career, why this body was breaking down. And I was fighting it. That's not me. My, I'm better than this. And he went to get some therapy, he told me. And he said, the doctor said to him, you've got to allow yourself to be sick. Because it doesn't always work out the way you want. People mm-hmm. go through stuff. And most everybody goes through something physical in their lives. Um, usually multiple situations. You've got to allow yourself to be sick. Because you're not a perfect human being. And your body is pretty much just like everybody else's. I'm having trouble allowing myself to be sick. I mean, how do you view yourself when, when you were given the, the prostate cancer diagnosis at, at 48, 49 years old? 49, yeah. Relatively young age. Yeah. I mean, did you say to yourself, why me? This can't be me. How can this be happening to me? You're athletic. You golf. You play basketball. Um, you're, 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 you're a good athlete. What did you say to yourself when this stuff was happening? Well, it's interesting because I'm still in that state of shock. It's only been 18 months for me. I'm in the 18-month period, and I'm still – there's not a day that goes by, less that I don't say, wait, what? Wait, what? What, what am I doing? Wait, I have yeah, this? Am I dreaming? Yeah, exactly. You know, because my, um, my diagnosis, as, uh, as ugly as it was, uh, and my, my ability to get through it right now, I'm, I'm knocking on wood, okay – it's been really, really good for me to understand how uh, going to surgery right away and attacking this with everything I had was the best thing ever because I am not feeling the effects you are, okay? And, I, and, I, and I've told you this before. When we talk, I almost feel uh, guilty. You know, we're both cancer patients, and you're going through so much, and, and I'm 18 months, and, and I feel perfectly normal. I, you know, I've had a couple scares, <laughs> I, uh, six months ago, I did uh, my labs and I do it every three months and I did my labs six months ago, but I went to a different laboratory than my normal one, uh, because it was a convenient trip down in, um, on the other side of town. And that laboratory's threshold on the numbers is vastly different than my original laboratory, not to get into too much detail here, but when I got the lab results back, it had doubled my PSA, which was not, 
it, it was normal because their lab results were different. But I immediately thought, oh, my God, I have cancer again. Look at I'm going to die. You know, so I lived for 24 hours with that thought in my head. And my doctor's like, hey, go to your old lab and and, and see if those results are are, are similar to the old one and you're going to be fine. And so but for 24 hours, I'm like, here it comes. The numbers are back. It's, it's going to happen. And so I lived with that for 24 hours. It's really the only scare I've had. I went to the lab the next day, the original lab, and the PSA results were normal again to where they normally had been. That's really the only mental warfare I've had. Well, wait a second. You've told me that you resent having to go for those labs. Oh, it pisses me off. It pisses me off. And I had this conversation with my doctor because I had my most recent one two weeks ago where he said, I'm all clear. And I sat there and I talked to him. And I said, hey, so how much longer do I have to do this? You know, every three months, because I have an aggressive uh, brand of prostate cancer. For the rest of your life? Essentially, if, you know, it's whatever makes you feel better. I could never go back again, which is not to be advised. I could never go get another test again and just wait for it to come back until I could feel it. Or I can go back every three months, every six months and just monitor it. But I told him, I said, I've, I've, you know, this has stayed away for 18 months. I'm doing everything right. I've changed my diet. I'm exercising harder than I ever have in my life. I'm doing everything you've asked me to do. Why do I have to keep coming back for these damn tests? And it's sort of like, it is what it is. Cancer has its own brain. You know, your cancer figured out a way to beat the original chemo. Chemotherapy pill, yeah. And that's the thing about this damn disease. It wears different hats and it has the ability to manipulate everything you do. And the admission of that, I guess, in the back of my mind, really wore on me that I'm sitting here, I'm in this doctor's office and I'm saying, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm not eating the things I normally eat. I'm giving up all that stuff. I've changed my life. I've changed everything. And you mean to tell me this son of a bitch may still get to me? What does it take? I resent that more than anything. I understand. Uh, but there's there's the choice between knowing and not knowing. And I would rather know. Sure. I, I would just rather I get know. It. I get it. I, you know, I, and, and not only that, I'm further I'm further along than you in life as well. Yeah. I, I'm 64. What are you, 50? I'm 51. 51. Um, so so I take the perspective of, you know what? I don't know how much longer I have. Sure. I don't know how much longer I have to not just live, but to live the way I want to live. Yeah. To, to keep hiking these mountains, to travel, yeah. um, to, to, to go out to dinner, you know, a lot of nights, to go to movies, although nobody's doing a whole lot of that right now with mm-hmm. COVID. But that's how I think about it. And, and that's what's changed my perspective on life. Instead of being, you know, public figure and having to be on all the time, right? You feel that way, don't yeah, you? Sometimes course, you have course. to be on all the time because yeah. you're, in, you're in the public and, and people expect a certain type of behavior out of you. I'm at the point where I, I've become insular to the point where the most important things to me are not how I come across publicly, my, my public persona, my profession even. Uh, I'm semi-retired, but still, I'm part of the profession. What's most important to me right now is enjoying life with my wife and my children and my few best friends mm-hmm. um, and and being able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fairly well off financially. I want to be able to enjoy the hard work I put in and and the fruit that was born out of that hard work. Um, so, so I, I take a little different viewpoint, um, at at this age, it just, it changes your perspective in so many ways. Um, have you thought about dying? 
all the time. And, and, and I guess, I guess that's what, uh, that troubles me about this disease. And you hit it off the top. You said you were feeling so damn good in May. You're doing things that you normally do. You're spinning, you're biking. And little did you know that inside your freaking body, lymph nodes were clicking and, and things are happening and the thing was coming back and you didn't know. And that's what scares me. Well, here, here's my fear too, medically, because to live less, to live, let's get frank here, to live, you're going to need chemo for the rest of your life, correct? Probably. I, well, I'm still waiting for that Star Trek wand. Sure you are. I'm still waiting for them to take that special wand and run it across my body and make everything disappear. But from what we have right now, you're going to have to have chemo in some form. Probably. Okay. The, the goal The goal is um, I'm, I'm a train, and I'm just trying to extend yes. the tracks yeah. until something better comes along, yes. a better treatment. Yeah. And there are better treatments in the pipeline, but yes – and coming to terms with that is difficult. So I'm in that stage now where I had my surgery, the cancer was removed, but because it was stage three, it got outside the prostate. So it's somewhere in my body, 72% chance of reoccurrence. So it's lingering, it's coming back. My next move, if hopefully, and when it never comes back, but if it comes back at the aggressive state that it's in, my next move is radiation and Lupron, essentially for the rest of my life. What Lupron does <laughs> is removes all the testosterone from a male's body because the cancer feeds on testosterone. So you become ultra lethargic. Everything you explained, you become ultra lethargic. You're, you have in, increased muscle weakness. You can't grow muscle. You, you just change it. Your whole body, it changes. Your body literally changes. I can't tell you how afraid of that I am. Uh, I, that, that to me strikes fear. I mean, that's when I start thinking about, man, I'd rather die than go through that. I don't want to do that. And, and that's when I start thinking about death more than anything. I don't want to change my body to where I can't be me. And, and I fear that I fear the process more than the result. And the process pisses me off. I'm like you, I'm like pissed off at myself. I'm like, you know, I thought I'd be able to get through this on my own organically. Why, you know, why do I have to resort to this shit. I got to resort on, I got to, I got to take these medicines. I mean, I've changed my diet. I, I, I work out. What more do you want? You know, so that, that, that ticks me off. So Vic, what are you doing to help your mind, to help you get through all of this, whether it be the resentment of having to go for these scans, these, these labs all the time, um, the, the disbelief that, that you do in fact have cancer, the fear of dying. What are you doing for yourself mentally? Um, I'm trying to lead as normal a life as I can. And when I say normal, I'm doing everything I can physically, job-wise. I don't want to. I don't want to cut any corners, Les. I don't want to make any excuses because I think you and I are sort of wired the same way. The last thing you want is people to feel sorry for yourself. Like oh, you I go out, that. you go out to yeah. dinner or you do something. Uh, you know, you don't want you don't want people knowing that you're suffering or knowing that you're mentally suffering as well. And they put that voice on when yeah, they call you. I, I, exactly How you right. How yeah, Exactly. And, Are and you it, feeling okay? I, I hate that. It drives you crazy. It drives you freaking crazy. And I've never been one that um, I can't stand it. And it's nothing against those people. They're just being people. No, but the implication is you're exactly. weak and you're vulnerable. So I, in, 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 in light of your question, I try to put on the, I try to do everything I can to look strong and feel strong. Even though I may not be, I want that impression. I'm lifting weights more than I ever have in my life. I want a body that looks strong. I want a mind that feels strong. That's what I'm trying to do. How about you? Um, I'm talking to myself a lot about 
allowing myself to be sick so I'm not fighting myself all the time. And we've also tried something else. One of my sons suggested it. Family therapy. Every Monday at 3 o'clock, the four of us get on Zoom. Three of us are in the same place. My oldest son is in L.A. And we get on on Zoom with a family therapist. And uh, a lot of the discussion has to do with how my cancer is not just affecting me, but how it's affecting my wife, how it's affecting my two boys, because there are other people involved. Well, hell yeah. There are other people affected by it greatly. Um, and and we, we talk it through. And you know what? It feels good. Um, I also have set in my mind, I have set goals. I want to be on this mountain I want to be able to hike this mountain by this date. I want to go out to the golf course by this date. I want to be able to travel to visit friends in Chicago or San Francisco or go to, uh, on a vacation to Hawaii by this date. So setting goals you know, always helps. I've never been a goal setter, uh, but, but I'm finding that it helps. Uh, the family therapy helps a lot. I would, I would highly suggest, and I was always a guy who felt I didn't need any kind of therapy. I could work this through myself. Um, I would highly suggest if anybody listening is going through anything physical and, and and it's annoying them mentally to the point where it's changing their personality and it tends to do that, um, I would suggest therapy, especially if insurance can pay for it. I'd get therapy. That's such a good point. And, and back to what you said, we sometimes um, get into that sympathetic self-pity state where we worry about how we feel and think and we forget how our loved ones think and what how they're affected and i can only imagine your sons because you know my kids uh, indirectly uh, i was having this conversation with my wife the other day and i said you know why you know, why are they what, what's their problem why don't they just stay at their damn schools why are they coming back here all the time why they? and she said do you ever think about them coming back here because deep down they're worried about you or they're you know, do you ever think, I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, my oldest son in L.A., uh, he's, a, he's a music uh, writer. Um, he said he noticed that his relationships with friends were, were coming unhinged at times because he had very short, he was so worried about me and so worried about losing me. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional here. That he had no patience in conversations with friends. Everything else is trivial. Right. And they had to point that out to him. And he's the one who suggested that we all go through this family therapy to help one another. This is great therapy. I like doing this. We got to do this more often. Talking about it, it does help. That's why we did this podcast. Absolutely. All right. So that's our six-month checkup. Um, Where do you go from here quickly? Uh, Three months. I've got my next PSA, and uh, we do it all over again. That you know, I dial it up the week before, and I uh, and I get anxious and nervous, and then I get another three-month lease. That's I go lease to lease. I'm a lease to lease deal. How about you? I started this new chemotherapy pill, so I'm taking two now. And the doctor wants to, the doctor at Anschutz, Ross Kamich, phenomenal doctor, wants to eyeball me. He wants to see me personally. Uh, and he wants to do a PET scan to get a good indication on, uh, on how well the new chemotherapy pill is working. So I'll get a PET scan. I'll also get a brain scan because you find out when you have cancer, there's always a worry that the cancer, no matter where it is on your body, will spread to your brain. So once a year, I go for a brain scan as well. And, uh, and we'll do that and uh, fly into Denver for, uh, for a couple of days. And, and hopefully the scans will show that the chemotherapy, the new chemotherapy pill is working well. Well, unless I speak for everyone involved in this production, I, I think you're a warrior. 
You're a warrior for what you've done over the last four months. You really are. Well, thanks. All right, buddy. When we come back, we'll talk to my oncologist, Dr. Ross Kamich of the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. We Are Unstoppable is sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. You know, Les, when I got hit with prostate cancer, it's the first place I turned to because I know the Anschutz Campus, they really delve into breakthrough technology. If there's something new on the horizon, I know they've got it. And I was hit with lung cancer, and that's where I get treated as well, at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. They've got me up and running. They've made me unstoppable. Less they've made us unstoppable, and they're located right here in the heart of the Rocky Mountain region. We're joined now by Dr. Ross Kamich. He is the Director of Thoracic Oncology at the University of Colorado Cancer Center, and he also happens to be my personal oncologist. Hi, Dr. Kamich. How are you? Hi, Les. Pretty good. How are you? Well, I'm a lot better than I was a few weeks ago, or certainly more than a few months ago. Um, As Vic Lombardi and I talked about earlier in the podcast, I did not react well to the intravenous chemo that the staff gave me. And, And I'm wondering, is that unusual that somebody who had, and I think you would agree with this, somebody who had reacted so well to treatment up until then, boy, this just went sideways on me. Well, so that's that's a great example of where, you know, plan A just went sideways. So, yeah, I suggested that treatment because in most people, it would be well tolerated and probably in the majority of people, it would have shrunk your cancer down. Neither of those things actually happened. So it just proves that, you know, there's still an individual aspect to all of these game plans. And why do you think somebody like me would not react well to it. Is there, is there even an answer or is, there, or is it just we're all unique? Well, I think it's the Shapiro effect in terms of the tolerability. So, <laughs> you know, we are all unique. So, so basically you're saying is the chemo couldn't tolerate me. Yeah, maybe that's, that's it. What, yeah. yeah. Just like bad company together. Um, but, I, but in terms of why didn't it shrink the cancer? I don't know. I mean, we, we have got super sophisticated in terms of molecular tests on a cancer to predict for sensitivity to targeted therapy. You know, that's the whole personalized medicine revolution. But we've had chemo for decades, and we've still never figured out a test that says you're going to respond versus not respond. It's just a suck it and see it approach. All right, so we went to plan B, yep. which was, well, why don't you explain it, if you don't mind? Well, so, <laughs> so plan I was B. On, I, well, I should set it up this way. Okay. I was on a chemotherapy pill called Tegriso, which was doing a fabulous job. Yeah, let's not call it chemotherapy, Les. Okay. It's, it's not chemotherapy. It's targeted therapy. Okay, so I was on a targeted therapy, a pill. So I was yeah. taking it orally called Tegriso for almost two and a half years. And it was and still is doing a wonderful job with this particular type of cancer I have that it's targeted for. And now you added something else. Okay, so you have to think about the cancer as a population of cells. They all have the same kind of, you know, dictator shouting out orders. That's the EGFR mutation. And most of those are still listening to the dictator because when we put you on a drug that shut that dictator up, they all all went back to sleep again. But some of them have figured out how to, you know, tune the radio back into that dictator and start growing. Not all of them. So some of your cancer was growing whilst other parts were still suppressed. So that's why you're still deriving some benefit from this drug. So what we did was we rebiopsied your cancer. Do you remember the fun of going through the bronchoscopy? Of course. 
Lots of fun. Loads of fun. <laughs> so we rebiopsied an area that was growing in the presence of the Tigriso and reanalyzed it. And we can see a second mutation, one that in those cells, the Tigriso couldn't bind. And so, you know, what do you do about those, those two mutations sitting together, you know, like, like a tandem bicycle? What do you do with them? Well, you have to try and figure out um, how you can inhibit both of them. There's no one drug yet been made that can inhibit both of them. So we jerry-rigged something. We took preclinical knowledge based on cells growing in the laboratory that sometimes when you can combine together two drugs, one can hit one seat on the tandem bicycle and the other can hit the other seat. And that's what we did with you starting, I think, in about August, end of August, we put you on the two pills together. And I have had a blood test since then. Haven't had a scan yet, but have had a blood test. And seemingly it's working, yes? Well, so as much as we can tell from the blood test, so we measure some markers in the blood that if they go up, that's a bad sign. And if they go down, that's a good sign. And they're going down. So it's kind of so far so good. And then the other question is, what's the tolerability of the combination like? I don't mean to be overly dramatic here, but um, you have said to me, you don't know anybody in the world who's taking these two targeted therapy pills at the same time, at least in the order that I have taken them. Is that correct? Well, that's true. You, and you got sort of rather nervous about that. Well, yeah, I'm, you're making me a guinea pig, but I, I'm willing. I like to think of it as a test pilot, you know? I mean, if I said, Les, we have the best plane ever, and you can be the first guy to fly it. You know, that's what it's thinking, not kind of like, hey, let's do things to you. And, and why did you determine that that was the best route to go for me in particular? Well, because um, clearly, as you mentioned, you're not a great candidate for chemotherapy because it just doesn't agree with you. So we had to do something a little smarter. So um, I, I don't know if you were challenging me, but I took on the challenge of coming up with something other than chemotherapy to keep you in the game and well. And that's, um, it took a little thinking, and that's, but that's what we're doing with you. And when this thing works, not if, but when this thing works, this combination – Who's writing the book? Are you going to write the book about it? And, and who's playing us in the movie? <laughs> You'll play yourself in the movie. No, I'll, be, I'll, be played, I'll be played by somebody much better looking. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. If, if this thing does work, can you paint the picture of the future for me? Or are we just guessing here? Well, so one of the issues about being a pioneer is there is no map. So um, – I don't know if it's going to work. I'm hoping it will. If it does work, I don't know how long it will work for, but we will figure that out. And the important thing is if we do figure it out, we lay a pathway for other people to follow. And I guess I have to ask the question, even though I might not want to hear the answer, what happens if it doesn't work? We go to plan C, huh? Well, there's always a plan B. Whatever, whatever plan B was becomes plan A, and then we have a new plan B. I'll have a different plan B. Already got one in mind? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. You want more Unstoppable stories? Subscribe to our podcast wherever you find and listen to podcasts. You can even ask your smart speaker to play We Are Unstoppable podcasts. And you can visit us at our website, unstoppablepodcasts.com, for more episodes and ways to subscribe. That's unstoppablepodcasts.com. Subscribe today. 